The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. So our question for the day is, have you ever been bullied? And what has been your experience? This is an area private investigators may get involved with either when investigating for litigation or to assist a school. It appears to have become a national epidemic. So when I saw a post that Victoria Di Natale made on Facebook, I invited her to be on the show. She's one of the nation's youngest experts on the topic of bullying. She's 23 years old, and she's now shared her anti-bullying message with thousands of students and adults across the United States. So good morning, Victoria. Good morning. How are you? I'm great, and thanks so much for being on the show. This is going to be so interesting. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for connecting us coast to coast about this vital issue. It is. It's very important issue. And I know you've gotten, uh, you've, you've done so much. You've been talking, uh, you know, at various schools, on talk shows, uh, blogs, newspaper articles, magazine articles. Uh, So how did you, how did you get started in this? What happened? Tell your story. Oh, my goodness, taking me back to those lonely sixth grade days. I, when I was in the sixth grade, I was bullied by a group of students in my class. You know, I was different, and in terms of my appearance, I had naturally curly hair. I was very much into my academics, very self-assured, and to adults, these qualities are sometimes very much um, desired. But in your classmates and in peers and in children, not so much. And I wasn't so eagerly embraced by my peers. And in fact, I was severely tormented on a daily basis. And what initially started as bullying by my classmates in my sixth grade class became this massive recruitment against me throughout the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And, you know, stress can really wreak havoc on a body and really Mm -hmm. have physiological effects Mm -hmm. and because of the extreme effects of the bullying and because the bullying happened on a daily basis and despite my parents ardent pleas for help with the school and of course no action was taken no recourse um, against my main harassers I developed a particular conversion disorder called excuse me called a stress cough which was my body's defense mechanism against the continuous stress and so I would just, Francie, I would cough every two to three seconds habitually. And I was in this rut where I could not stop coughing. Uh, 
Victoria, I'm losing you. Your sound uh, went off. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, you you, you went off for a second. So you you said um, you had it's called a conversion disorder. I had a conversion disorder called a stress cough, and I would habitually cough every two to three seconds while I was awake, due oh. to the stress from the continuous bullying that I was facing at school. My goodness. I had PTSD, which, of course, is a disorder that many war veterans face. Mm -hmm. I was seen by a psychologist, a psychiatrist, pediatrician, and a gastroenterologist, all because of the bullying. And, and you're how old now? What, about 11 or 12? At this time, I am, I'm 12 years old. I am considering suicide, and I am just in this state of helplessness and hopelessness and my parents are reaching out to the school and nothing is being done against the main tormentors. And unfortunately, because nothing was done to protect me, uh, these main bullies were essentially given a free pass. And when I went to high school, these same bullies met me at high school and many of them resumed the same tactics that they used the gossip, the whispering, the laughing, and it actually ended in high school with cyberbullying, which at that time, it was a relatively new thing. This was about, oh gosh, almost a decade ago when it was, I think we were still using MySpace at the time. This was pre-Facebook days. This was before all the phone apps that we have now, and, and this was just when cyberbullying was really kind of coming to, to light. Mm -hmm. And I was, oh my goodness, what am I facing right now? And I, I found a video that I had produced for a class on YouTube. And there was this nasty commentary written underneath it. And it was really a rather, um, it was a video of me wearing workout wear. So of course my parents were very concerned that any child predator out there would be seeing me on this video that they didn't have permission to be on the web. And yet here it was, and it was, of course, in a defamatory manner. Uh -huh. And it ended with this one particular bully being charged and convicted of criminal defamation of character. Wow. Wow. So it was a criminal charge. And how, how did that happen? Did your parents go to the police? Well, I tell you, my parents made a big stink about it. They made a huge... Starting in middle school, they really were very proactive against bullying. Starting in middle school, my mother testified before a subcommittee in Atlanta. She went to Homeland Security. Uh, we had a state senator that we reached out to. My parents did everything on my behalf that they could, but there was no recourse for the main harassers in middle school. However, in high school, there was a different superintendent in the school system who took steps to protect me and my safety and the district attorney is the one who who pressed the charges against this student in high school amazing so let's let's back up a second um so you're in sixth grade how does this actually start what was the first thing you remember oh it started it started from before the first day of class. This bullying started actually on the day of middle school orientation. It started with me. I remember vividly seeing a group of girls together, and I was so excited to meet them because I had dreamed of middle school the whole summer. I walked up to them excitedly to introduce myself, 
and they would not correspond with me. They kept looking at each other and they kept looking back at me and looking at each other and making it very clear to me that I wasn't welcome in those same forms of bullying, those same exclusive tactics were used from day one when classes began. Now, Victoria, you're, you're quite an attractive young lady now. What did you look like when, at that time? Were you, uh, you know, because a lot of times kids are real skinny little, little people when they're in fifth or sixth grade. What did you look like? Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because I was about the exact same size that I am now. I'm quite short and petite, and I have this big, naturally curly hair, which is today, you know, embraced by right. people, my peers. But at the time, the other girls had straight hair, and it was seen as this, 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 this difference that was irreconcilable among my peers. They, you know, they couldn't accept someone who was different from them. Mm -hmm. I really, I wore my own style. I love to dress up. Um, I loved, and I still dress up and love heels and dresses. And so those types of things, those clothing, that kind of appearance just wasn't welcomed mm -hmm. by my peers at the time. Again, kids don't like different. Different right, equates right. to bad. Exactly. So, um, so then they started just making. Did they make comments to you, or, or what? What happened next? How did that evolve? Absolutely, there were racial slurs made against my about my hair. Um, it was just <laughs> very much commenting on the way that I look, on the way that I walked, on the way that I, the way that I talked, the way that I dressed, the way that I acted. And then, of course, it was the laughter and the constant gossip, the constant exclusion. I walked those hallways by myself, Francie. And mm. until you walk those lonely hallways by yourself and sit at a lunchroom table by yourself while all of your peers are interacting and leaving you on the sidelines, it's impossible to understand just mm -hmm. how traumatic bullying truly is. Yeah. I can't imagine. So how many girls were there? How many bullies were there? How many, weren't these girls that were talking to you, were saying all these things? They were, it was initially a group of girls in my middle school class. And then, of course, they began recruiting others throughout the school. So it did include boys as well. It, okay. Again, it was a massive recruitment against me throughout the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. So it did include boys, but it began with a handful of girls in my 6th grade class. Okay. And, and the teachers did nothing? The teachers didn't try to incorporate you into groups or anything like that? It was a very political situation, to tell you the truth, Francie. Um, without giving too much detail, of course, I don't want to identify any of the students or any of the school mm -hmm. or staff. Mm -hmm. But I will say that it was a political situation where um, there was an influential parent of one of the bullies at the school. And so, no, discipline and recourse was not given to the ringleader of the group. And so because it was not her behavior was acceptable, or at least it seemed to be acceptable to her, and it was allowed to continue, and my health spiraled downward. Wow, just amazing. Now, and you had this habitual cough. How did they treat that? Did, did you just treat it through the 
um, counseling and and all of that, or and did it just stop, or what what happened with your cough? I suffered from my stress cough for three months without stop. So I would cough habitually every two to three seconds while I was awake, and I would cough like that for 24 hours at a time. I was tested for so many different ailments. Um, I was just in and out of the emergency room and doctor's offices. And I was under the care of a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And finally, I was diagnosed with this stress cough, which is a conversion disorder. Mm -hmm. And again, my body was just reacting to that continuous, incessant, anxiety I faced from the bullying. And so to answer your question, how I overcame it was through a lot, a lot of therapy with a psychologist. And then of course I took, I was under the care of a psychiatrist and taking lots and lots of medication. And then of course my family rallied to my aid and they were there from day one caring for me around the clock. My sister was a senior at the time and she almost failed her senior math class, and she lost one of her high school honors because she had to take turns with my parents, literally taking care of me round the clock to save my life. Wow. And, and Victoria, you said you were suicidal. Those must have been was. Some pretty, pretty dark days. Really dark days. And you know, Francie, I'm a very religious person. Um, I was reared in a Christian household where I was was taught that life is a gift from God. And I very much believe that today. And I I very much believe that then. I never doubted the reality of God in my life. And if it weren't for God, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, I very well may have ended my life, which would be a shame considering all of the good that I'm able to turn from such a negative experience. Well, you certainly did that. I mean, I, I just I applaud you for um, changing from being a victim to being victorious. I mean, that's Absolutely. just an amazing, amazing. And, and that's the name of my campaign. It's Standing Victorious. And the message of Standing Victorious is that children can overcome bullying. They They don't have to be victimized forever. This is something that it was a time in my life. It was a long time in my life. It was middle school, and then I transferred middle schools. My parents voluntarily withdrew me. And then it was high school, and my parents voluntarily withdrew me from that high school. And so for a while in my life, it seemed like that's all that there was, was bullying, because that was my day out, day in and day out reality. Mm-hmm. But after I got out of high school, after, after I transferred high schools and got into a very good high school where there wasn't any bullying, I saw that that bullying is, is not the only thing that exists in high school. And then I got into college, and this, all of these wonderful doors opened for me. And mm-hmm. so my message, my standing victorious message, is that students can overcome not only bullying, but adults can overcome bullying. Adults and students alike can, come, can overcome any kind of abuse or any kind of adversity that comes their way. Uh, yeah, because you know it doesn't stop just in high school. There's there's bullies nope. out there in the adult world. You see it in politics all the time, for sure. Yeah, and- absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting because the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services defines bullying as a unwanted aggressive behavior among school age children. But we know that it doesn't just stop with school age children. Of course, bullying continues into the workplace, into churches, into 
other social context among adults. And the difference is that, generally speaking, um, except for workplace bullying, when it becomes that adult aggressive behavior, it's now considered hazing, stalking, and harassment. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're you're doing a great thing. So, what are you? What are your plans for standing victorious? My plan, of course, is to take my message to each of the fifty states and. Here's my plug. If anyone is listening and would like for me to share my story in their university setting or in a school, please contact me via my website, www.standingvictorious.com. You can also catch me via social media, facebook.com slash standingvictorious. You can tweet me at standingvictorious. At, excuse me, at Stand Victorious, hashtag Standing Victorious. And you can also watch my YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Standing Victorious. So in terms of my education, I do have a bachelor's degree in English. And I came to this life-changing conclusion recently, Francie. I was thinking... Hey, Victoria, what? hang on to that. Would you hang on to that? Because I want to go into that a little bit. And we need to take Absolutely. a quick break. We need to take a quick break. We're going to pause just briefly for a commercial break. Stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Victoria D. Natale is an... Is Providing her compelling message about anti-bullying, Victoria, you were just about to say what your future plans are. You have decided you've had a big revelation recently. So tell us about that. I have. I've had a huge revelation. I 
You know, Francie, my mission and my number one goal, my life goal is to save lives. And I've been doing this huge campaign since I was 19. I'm 23 now. And I, I get to reach so many students on a systemic level and through all of my conferences. And I really get to work with them um, on a societal level. But I also want to treat children clinically who have been bullied. And I really want to do more research into bullying. And I want to do my own research into bullying. And so I came up with this great revelation that I do have my bachelor's degree in English, but I would like to go back to school and pursue a post-baccalaureate degree in psychology and from there carry out my doctoral studies um, in, in clinical psychology and specifically specialize and study and research bullying. And so for any, any professor out there who is listening, who is interested, <laughs> please contact me via my website. Again, it's www standingvictorious.com. I would love to make that introduction and discuss how we can do research together on the, on the topic of bullying. And what about legislation? Have you thought about um, promoting legislation to provide stronger sanctions to bullies? Well, it's interesting you say that because 49 out of the 50 states already have anti-bullying laws. The only state that does not have an anti-bullying law in the United States is Montana. Um, and of course, Montana needs to step up. I'm not sure why Montana does not have an anti, any kind of anti-bullying legislation, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the fact that at least 49 of the 50 states do. Um, yeah. And this law, um, depending on state to state, generally uh, provides a roadmap for schools to produce their own anti-bullying policies. The problem is that the schools are not often carrying out uh, the, and enforcing the anti-bullying policies. And that's what I'm finding with student to student, family to family. I'm having people call me and say, Victoria, this is what's happened with my child. And the school is doing nothing about it. They're not reporting. They're not documenting what to do. So did your parents, Victoria, ever consider filing a lawsuit against the school district? Well, I certainly don't want to give out too many uh, details on the matter, but um, there is a thing called sovereign immunity where school districts, or at least the school, my particular school district, couldn't be held liable. Really? Hmm. Yes. Even though they weren't doing any, not one thing about it. It's, it was a very political, political situation. So there's a, there's possible legislation right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you would think, I mean, if just as a casual observer, not having been involved in this, you would think that any, any entity that's responsible for children has a responsibility to also protect them. They do, and the problem is that teachers are finding themselves too busy, they're overloaded, and they, they don't want to deal with it. And the problem at a school level is that principals want to sweep the issue of bullying under the rug so that they can give the image off that their school is a perfect school without mm. issues, without drugs, mm. without alcohol, without all of these bullying, without all of these kind of issues. And, and in reality, all of this exists at nearly every school in America. Right. Yeah. 
and that's what we're hearing. It, it's been, um, it's, it hasn't been talked about really until there were a couple of suicides. And that's what really brought it to the national attention. Yeah, I think we've had a lot more media coverage in recent years on the topic of bullying. And again, it is because of, of the suicides that have come out in the news. But I do think it's important to make a distinction that although, although bullying certainly contributes to suicide, and it's often a determining factor, um, there's, there's, it's, a, it's difficult to kind of pin a cause and effect relationship between suicide and bullying mm -hmm. but oftentimes bullying is is kind of one of those i can't take it anymore this is my this is the last straw you have a kid who's already suffering from depression and maybe they've had this life-changing event in their family such as a divorce or a death and now they've got mm -hmm. they've got bullying added on top of that mm -hmm. and they just can't take it anymore and they see their only option as to end their life and it's so sad. And my message, standing victorious, is that is against that. It's that no, there is hope. There is help, and suicide is never an option. Mhm. Mm mhm. And and it sounds like to me, Victoria, that the reason you were able to o overcome is because you had such strong support from your family. Absolutely. I had a very strong support system. I had my family. I had doctors. I had my family who, were, who, who was willing to go into thousands and thousands of dollars in medical debt. My dad had to work two and three jobs just to support us and to pay for the medical debt that was incurred because of the bullying. Mm, amazing. And so I... I had this very strong support system who from the beginning was was saying, you know, Victoria, you don't have to accept that. This is wrong. And they were fighting on my behalf, uh -huh. literally doing everything in their power to save my life. Amazing. And, and I had these doctors and I had my strong faith in God. And those are the things that pulled me through. And it's unfortunate that not every child has that. And so my message to any parent who is listening is that if you have a child who complains of bullying, don't turn a deaf, don't turn a blind eye. Don't turn a deaf ear. Listen to your child. Take those complaints seriously because we never know when a child is going to decide that enough is enough. So and take matters so, into their own hands. So what? So what steps do you take? What do you do? How do you how do you change from becoming that bullying victim to taking charge? You know, I've really used my negative experience bullying to create this highly positive, successful anti-bullying campaign. And so to any children who are suffering from bullying, I would say allow those negative experiences to spur you on to create big change in the world in whatever capacity it is that you want to do, whether it be that that child wants to be in the pop culture as a singer, as an educator, as a psychologist like myself, there's all kinds of ways to positively impact our country. And I think that children, instead of focusing on bullies, um, they can turn that pain into a catalyst for them to pour their heart, pour their mind, pour their strength into their schoolwork and become stronger through their academics and through their extracurricular activities. 
And I would say that children never change who you are, never, never change who you are or bow down to a bully um, because children are fine the way that they are. And really it's not the child's fault. It's a, an issue that lies with the bully that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so why do you think, how, how do you think bullies are created? Why do you think that happens? I think there's a couple of factors that a bully is created. I think one of those factors is that, is that parents aren't modeling positive behavior for their children. You know, you see parents who are making fun of other women. You see parents who are uh, talking down about others and even even abusing their children. And so when you have a child who's facing those kind of things and is in that kind of environment at home, what is their reaction? Well, their reaction, of course, is to turn around and do the same thing that they've been taught. And maybe they, maybe the child at home doesn't have any power at home or, or even, even carrying it forward to an adult. Maybe that adult in the rest of their life doesn't feel like they have any power. Yeah, and it's just a vicious cycle, Francie. A lot of times when children are bullied or when children are bullies as children, they turn around and do the same thing in adulthood and they use their power to abuse others. And it's just a vicious cycle of children turning into bullies as adults and then adults bullying their children or their spouses. It goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Now, so... You're now you've become an expert now, Victoria. You are the expert on anti-bullying. So is your recommendation just to ignore the bully? Or do you think there should be steps taken to to do something about it? Well, you know, it's really difficult to say ignore the bully when you're being tormented on a daily basis. It's a very difficult thing to do. And so my response would be to not ignore the bully, but instead parents need to jump in and and fight on behalf of their children. And it's literally going to be up to the parents to, to fight on behalf of their children and to create this change. It's okay. also on the heads of teachers and administrators. They've got to stand up and they've got to follow through with protocol according to their teacher handbook, their school student code of conduct and policies. It is up to them to say, you know what, I'm not going to allow bullying in my classroom. I am going to take complaints of bullying seriously. And I'm going to stand up for this child regardless of the backlash, if any, from the school principal or even the school system. These are mm-hmm. children's lives at stake. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's apply that to adult bullies. Um, what do you do? What would you recommend to do about that? And now you probably haven't uh, experienced that, that in your, your life as yet, but they're out there. They're out there all over the place and, and you don't have a parent to go to. And you're on your own. So what do, you, what do you think about that? Well, it depends on the type of adult bullying you're talking about. If it's workplace bullying, well, then there's policies um, in the workplace that should be enforced. And so I would say if you're being bullied in the workplace, you, of course, need to report to your superior. Have a chat with him or her and explain the situation of what's going on. There should be policies in place to resolve 
bullying in the workplace for sure. If it's bullying at a college level, there's also recourse for that. It depends again on um, does it violate campus policies or the civil rights laws that are being violated, but that kind of behavior can be reported to the campus police. And so I would say to take those kind of measures so that the bullying can be stopped uh, as adults. And, and what would you say about what if it's a business to business situation? Mm, that's an interesting question. Yeah, that definitely happens as well. Um, I think I think people need to just adopt this attitude of kindness and they need to recognize that people are people and and just have that 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 spirit of kindness with them. Carry that with you throughout work and recognize that people are human beings with feelings. They're not machines. They don't just go to their job and they can put up with bullying. They they need to be respected as well. So you're and you're uh, applying that to the bully. The bully should should be kinder. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So what about the person that's being bullied? What do they? What should they do? Because because you do see it. You see it. You really see it on the news with politics, but you also For see sure. it in other arenas. So, what would be your advice, Victor? I know. And I know you haven't experienced this yet, and this is uh, you're just you know you're just becoming, uh, you know, you're in the the precipice of being of adulthood, really, uh, in your in your whole standing victorious thing. But I'm just wondering how you would what you would think about that. So from an employer standpoint, I would say that employee employers should really foster this culture of respectful professional behavior, and they should for sure have a code of conduct that they enforce. They should have this zero tolerance policy of anti-bullying in the workplace, and they should right. certainly intervene and encourage people to report incidents of bullying immediately. I know that within the workplace, there's, a lot, there's now a lot of training that goes into it that um, em- new employees have to be trained on what to do, how to respond, how to report if there mm-hmm. is bullying. And so that training does need to be enforced. Now, in terms of if there is bullying in the workplace, I would say that the, the adults who are being bullied need to keep a record of what is going on. Document, document, document is so important. They need to keep the date, the time, what was said. Did they report to their superior? What was the outcome? Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be, you know, keeping timesheets, auto reports, etc. Right. Good. That's great. Yeah, that's all, they're all good steps. Absolutely. Uh, date, time, journaling, whatever's happening. Um, so they have some kind of documentation because, because yeah, documentation the, is going to be vital. We, you know, without the documentation that we had, we, we have, we have documentation through my doctors and different, different types of documentation that my parents kept a very good journal of what was going on. And this applies to adulthood as well. Always, always document because sometimes you forget things and you forget who mm-hmm. said what, at what time and what place. It's really important if you're trying to build a case against an employer or a, or a coworker or in a school setting, it's really, really vital that parents keep that detailed record. And this is what 
I stress to parents all the time, keep that record. I stress it to teachers, keep that record to cover yourself, to show that you have taken every step possible to prevent bullying in the classroom. And again, this is in form of email. This is in form of written documentation, doctor's notes. It's so important to document. Well, and I can tell you, uh, Victoria, that that a private investigator who uh, is working on a case that may involve bullying, that's exactly what they're going to ask for. They're going to want to know the details. They're going to be sitting right. down with the child, the parent, the adult, right. the, you know, whoever, the workplace person, and they're going to want to know what happened, when did it happen, and specifically what was said or what was done. Well, and you have no true leg to stand on if you don't have documentation. Otherwise, it's just he said, she said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And, and, it's, and it's those descriptions, those anecdotal descriptions of what was said or what was done that sometimes make the whole situation turn around. So, um, okay. So you are looking at doing research on bullying and you think your research will, you have an idea what what uh, direction it's going to take, or is that just loose still? You're not sure. No, I'm very sure of the type of research I want to do, and I'm looking for a psychologist. I'm looking for professors of universities who want to work with me on research. So anyone who is listening in, please contact me at www.standingvictorious.com. I still have to pursue my post-baccalaureate studies um, in psychology, but from there, I will be looking to complete my doctoral studies. And I kind of want to know what are the biological components of bullying. I really want to know um, what are the environmental effects of bullying. Um, there's not a lot of research done on a college level about bullying. There's a, lo there's a lot of research that's been done on elementary students, middle and high, but what about the college students? So I'm looking for someone to collaborate with on these kind of research projects. So for any professors who may be listening, please, again, contact me, www.standingvictorious.com. My Facebook is facebook.com slash standingvictorious. My YouTube is youtube.com slash standingvictorious. And of course, listeners can tweet to me at standvictorious, hashtag standingvictorious. Okay. All right. We need to take another break, Victoria. More to come. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. 
NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Fascinating conversation to talk to Victoria here about anti-bullying. Before we get back into this subject, I need to to recognize a couple of a uh, couple of folks. One, I just want to thank you so much to Jimmy and Rosemary Mises of PI Magazine, and also to IRB Search for being. Um, IRB Search is a proprietary uh, data provider for the legal profession and just thank them so much for their ongoing support. And then for the first time, I want to announce um, something called the Digital Forensic Summit that's going to be held at the University of Santa Barbara, August 6th to the 8th this year. It's going to be amazing. It's an educational forensics conference. It is presented by the American Board of Recorded Evidence. Um, it's it's a big deal, and everybody that is anybody in the forensic world, um, well, maybe I'm carrying that a little too far, a lot of very well-known people in the forensic world are being speakers. And so if you're interested in that, go uh, Google Digital Forensic Summit, or uh, I can give you a website here in a minute. Uh, it is, hold on just a second. Sorry, I'm holding you up. It is http colon front slash front slash the executive summit dot net or uh, slash slash abre for the American Board of Recorded Evidence abre board dot com slash digital, digital summit. So look into that because this is a fantastic conference. Anybody that does private investigation or is a forensic expert should attend this conference. And there is a discount, by the way, for students. So that would apply to you, Victoria, if you're interested in forensic evidence. Um, there's a dis quite a big discount for students, military, and uh, law enforcement. So back to you. Uh, we haven't talked much about cyberbullying. So, what's been? Do you have you had experience with that? What do you know about that area? Well, empirically, I know a lot about cyberbullying because my cyberbullying case in high school led to a criminal case. So, yeah. I have a lot of personal experience with cyberbullying. I think if I could say anything to listeners about cyberbullying, it's that cyberbullying is actually a very cowardly way to uh to bully someone because a lot of times someone hides behind an, an avatar they hide behind a username they're not even representing themselves and yet they're hurling these ins these insults at 
at individuals and it hurts. They're, hurl they're hurling in insults at, at people, at businesses and organizations, and they're, they're mudslinging and digging up facts that can be defamatory. And it, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. And it starts again with the realization that bullying is not okay. And, and recognizing on a very personal level the power and importance of kindness. Hmm. Interesting. So if you were a target of that, what would you do, Victoria? So if you were a target of cyberbullying, um, there's, there's a protocol to follow. The first thing that I would do would be to screenshot um, as evidence the, the incident of cyberbullying. Again, documentation and evidence is so vital. So always, always screenshot anything that comes up on your computer if it's via phone save the messages do not delete the messages whatever you do and don't forward any of the cyberbullying messages then you can keep them as a file for evidence the next thing you can do is block the person who is cyberbullying and then you can report cyberbullying to most social media sites um, because there's a lot of policies against anti-bullying for most social media sites and you mm -hmm. can report uh, abuse to the terms of service. And then, of course, if, it, if it's criminal, you can report to law enforcement if there's threats, stalking, hate crime, or if they're sending sexually explicit messages or photos. You know, we have, an, we have kind of an odd thing going on in this country because we have places like Yelp, for example, that you can, right. you can post positive comments, but you can also post negative comments. And I've seen situations where in, uh, um, particularly in workplace, we were talking about workplace, particularly in workplace, where one employee has a problem with another employee and they'll post a negative Yelp review on that employee. Or... Um, Another situation would be the ripoff report. Have you heard of the ripoff report? If you have, if there's um, people that maybe have a negative experience with somebody, or maybe they just don't like them, they'll put up a defamatory post on the thing, this thing called the ripoff report. So we have this free speech thing going on that evidently has given people license to say whatever they want, no matter how bad it is. Yeah, I totally agree with you. On the college level, there's a there's an app that a lot of college students use called Yik Yak. Are you familiar with it? No, what's it called? It, it's called Yik Yak, and Yik -Yak. a lot of college students use this this app on their phone to make these statements. And a lot of times, they're using it to bully, and then uh, it's seen by students within their community. And this is again just an anonymous way for people to bully. So I think going back to what you're saying with the Yelp and with the, the other report that you, that you speak of, it's so important to be positive. It's so important to recognize that, that these people who are workers, they're employees, they're running a business, but they're, they're people. These are people. And so it's important to ne never leave any kind of negative comments because these negative comments that you're leaving, even anonymously, and even if you are truly angry at these people, is not appropriate because you never know what's going on in someone's life and you never know what's going to be the last straw for them to end their life. And do you think they, I mean, because we're, we're talking about logic here, <laughs> do, do you think these people really care about kindness or how somebody else feels? I mean, it seem, doesn't seem so. 
I think that's the problem. I think that people don't care enough about kindness. So, um, that's got to change. I'm sorry. So what? That's got to change. And it's an inward thing. You can't motivate someone to be kind. Someone has to look inside themselves and decide today to make the decision to be kind to others. Mm -hmm. So besides documenting it, I mean, say, you know, say, say this is happening to you besides documenting it. What, what do you suggest? Sorry. Besides, besides documenting these incidents, uh, what do you suggest from that point? Well, from that point, I would try to report the abuse to uh, the terms and services. There should be on each social media site a reporting service, and I would definitely report to those sites. Um, other what, than that, a, uh, I would report to law enforcement if it's criminal. What if it's not? What if it's none of that? What if it's not on a uh, a social media site and um, and it's not and it's not criminal I would block I would block the person from okay. any kind of communication whether it be email whether it be phone whether it be a social media site and then I would surround yourself with lots of support it's so important when people are being bullied or cyber bullied to reach out to as many people as possible so that they don't feel that they're alone that's good. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's, I think it's very true. Um, somebody I know personally, um, I think that that has worked. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think one thing that, that really leads a bullying victim to a downward spiral is that feeling of isolation. So if you have a child or if you even have an adult who is being bullied and they're not reaching out to others, they're in this, this circle of, of dread and doom, and they feel no hope because they're not reaching out to others. And if they don't reach out to others, no one can help them. Mm-hmm. But to everyone who won't help, there is someone who will. And there, there is someone who will listen. And there are answers, and there is hope, and there is help, no matter what the situation is, bullying or not. Yeah, because it, it absolutely um, can cause depression. Um, absolutely. You know, maybe if, whether that person it is susceptible to depression or not certainly it has an effect of how you know how your your colleagues and your peers and your and and as we're talking about your classmates and all that 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 becomes part of your identity and if you're isolated then you know you've lost you've lost a, a huge piece of of how you perceive yourself and how you think others perceive you Yes, absolutely. Depression, anxiety, um, low self-esteem, these are all direct effects and signs of someone who is being bullied. To those people, I would say, hold on to your identity. Do not change yourself. Do not bow down to a bully. Do not mold yourself to fit what someone else perceives that you should or should not be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really good advice, Victoria, um, because... I think, yeah, I think that's the key thing, though, with me overcoming my instances of bullying, which were so severe, is that I did not allow them to change me, Francie. I, I went on to attend college courses an entire year early in high school, and I graduated number seven of 348 students. I did not allow them to take away my identity. 
Yep. Yeah. Good for you. I, th I think a st your story is fantastic. And um, I, I think your parents, even though you were um, attacked like this in sixth grade, you, you must have had a strong uh, upbringing up until that point. Very supportive. Oh, yes. I was raised, <laughs> I was raised by a very, very strong mama. And <laughs> mama had, and a southern mama at that. And I don't know if you have a lot of experience with, <laughs> with southern mamas, but they are very strong. They are very strong-willed, and mine especially was. And she was determined not to allow these bullies to beat me, not to allow these bullies to beat our family. And I, w I was, I was raised in this very strong religious household. And mm -hmm. that is what I held on to the entire time. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll probably laugh at this, but what comes to mind is a mama bear. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's my mom. That is my mama right there. You know, and it's, it's funny, we bring up my mother. Um, she is so vital to my organization. She travels with me to my speaking engagements. She's my number one support. And I really, I wouldn't be where I am without her and her Does support she, and her love and her guidance. I wouldn't. Do you, do you ever incorporate her into your speaking engagements? Does she talk about it as well? I would love for her to be able to speak to parents and she would certainly be interested in speaking to parent groups. If, if there's a need for that, for any listeners, she would, she would be very interested in doing that as well. I, I think that would be uh, interesting as well to have for both of you to be, um, to, to tell your end of it, you know, because her experiences right. of course were different than your experience. I mean, it right. must, must've been just horrible to see this, child of yours this beautiful child of yours being attacked at every uh every front and developing this horrible cough i mean i can't Im imagine that happening as a mother i can't imagine going through that uh, your mother gets well, a lot of credit she gets she gets 100 jesus christ gets the first credit and she gets the second credit i tell there you, you. Um, yeah. she was my she was my army she was my defense she was my rock and I would love to incorporate her side of what happened into my presentations. If again, there's anyone interested in hearing more about that, she would be interested as well. Well, this is a good place to close, Victoria. You're delightful. I applaud you again for your tenacity and for the direction you're going. Uh, I certainly hope to stay in contact and because I think you're gonna do great things. And Thank you so much for connecting me coast to your coast. I do appreciate all the time you've given to the subject of bullying. I think we're going to do great things together. Thank you, Francie. You're so welcome. And to my listeners who've heard this story, pass it on. Uh, send Victoria's name out, Standing Victoria, Victoria Di Natale. And tune in again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. It's PIs Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time here on the Voice America Variety Channel.